ladies and gentlemen, uh, let's get ready to rumble! Hello, everybody, and welcome to the July 11th, 2021 version of the Boxing Source radio show. I am your host, James Bell, the leader of the Boxing Source. You can follow us on social media through Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and on YouTube. And, you know, you could just go ahead and search for the Boxing Source through any of those social media outlets, and you'll be able to find us. You know, you just have those, uh, you'll see the icon uh, there with the logo, um, you know, with uh, Floyd Mayweather and Andre Ward uh, there that's shown. And that's how you know that it's a boxing source. But, you know, here in this particular episode, we're going to be talking about a few topics here that, you know, have been uh, highlighted over the course of the week. Um, of course, the uh, news that came uh, down a couple, few days ago in reference to the fight between Tyson Fury and Deontay Wilder. And we're going to go into uh, what was said in the post-fight press conference with Manny Pacquiao and Errol Spence Jr. And we'll also have a few other tidbits here and there uh, in reference to the sport of boxing that we'll be talking about. But uh, first, wanted to, you know, get into, you know, what just uh, happened uh, about a few hours ago uh, as you had the uh, press conference there that was, you know, on Fox. That's right. Uh, you had PBC on Fox, you know, showing the press conference there with the unified welterweight titles on the line. You're going to have Emmanuel... Dapidron Pacquiao. Yep, that's his government name. Emmanuel Dapidron Pacquiao going up against Errol Spence Jr. for the WBC and IBF welterweight titles. And yeah, there may be another welterweight title that's online uh, here, but not one that we, or at least I, kind of thought would be on the line in this case. Uh, but, you know, they were able to have the uh, press uh, conference there around, uh, what was that, Los Angeles there, where you, know, you have Fox Studios, Fox Sports, you know, everything Fox, you know, that's where, you know, they hold things. And uh, you had, you know, Manny Pacquiao there, of course, you know, multi-division world champion, um, had been the oldest champion when holding the welterweight title uh, when he defeated Keith Thurman in 2019. And you had Errol Spence Jr., like I said, WBC and IBF welterweight champion, 
undefeated, you know, had his wins over Sean Porter to unify. He had his uh, wins over Mikey and Danny Garcia as well. Um, you know, he had held the IBF title uh, for a while after he was able to defeat Kell Brook, you know, over in the UK. So he's held the IBF title since they went over Kell Brook and then unified against Sean Porter in a candidate for fight of the year there in 2019, which, you know, there were a couple of good fights uh, that did happen in 2019, including Manny Pacquiao against Keith Thurman. Uh, but because of, you know, the results there of Pacquiao defeating Thurman and, you know, with Errol Spence, you know, having his wins over the likes of Sean Porter, Mikey Garcia, and his latest win um, over Danny Garcia, that put him in position to fight Manny Pacquiao, and that's coming up here in August. Um, you know, it's just pretty much a, a month away. It's, like I said, it's just a month away. Uh, all you got to do is just count it. One, two, three, you know, I would say about six weeks or so. You know what I'm saying? Because um, we're going to have a couple of, you know, uh, fight cards that are going to be um, on July 31st and on August 7th that are going to be on Fox and you're probably going to be uh, seeing more promotion of this fight between Manny Pacquiao and Errol Spence leading up to the days when those two face off in the T-Mobile arena on August 21st. That's going to be a very busy weekend uh, there in Las Vegas, but having one of the most, uh, you know, legendary fighters in the sport in Manny Pacquiao um, you know, going into the ring once again uh, to face probably what is going to be his biggest challenge yet in Errol Spence, a guy that, you know, was a bigger fighter in every sense of the word. Of course, uh, if y'all been following uh, Errol Spence, you know, when he had his uh, fights in uh, 2019, when he defeated Mikey Garcia and Sean Porter, at one point in between those fights, he ballooned up to over 185 pounds, as he as he has said. So he went, he had a cut down from 185 in order to make weight uh, to 147 uh, in order to uh, fight Sean Porter uh, there. And he was able to get through uh, with a decision win uh, over Sean Porter to, you know, unify the IVF title or I mean, the, excuse me, the WBC title with uh, the IBF title that he held. So, um, you know, right now it, it's going to be a, uh, you know, pretty good uh, little matchup that's going to go down uh, there for Manny Pacquiao and Errol Spence. And, you know, there were a couple of things there that were said, in, uh, you know, between those guys. Um, I know that one thing that kind of like stood out to a few boxing fans was, you know, when um, – the topic of Floyd Mayweather uh, came up and they asked a question towards Gerald Spence is that, you know, like he communicates with Floyd Mayweather, you know, on occasion and that uh, Floyd Mayweather did say that he was going to uh, pick Errol Spence to win in this bout that's coming up on August 21st. And uh question was raised is like, you know, has, you know, main, uh, you know, Mayweather, you know, contacted you yet in reference to this particular fight. And Errol Spence was like, nah, not yet, not yet. Um, and, you know, you had Manny Pacquiao interject to a certain extent and uh, say that, you know, 
you know, in a, in a sense that, you know, he, he uh, he's facing a better fighter now in Errol Spence than Floyd Mayweather, you know, trying to get in a quick verbal jab or whatever it is. Um, but, you know, trying to stir up those little things going back and forth to, you know, get the uh, boxing and uh, social media world circulating or whatnot. Um, but, you know, either way, you know, I feel like both of these guys are really focused on uh, getting this fight going. Uh, you know, they've had, of course, their training camps uh, very active. You know, they're, of course, Manny Pacquiao uh, over there at Wild Card Boxing Gym there with Freddie Roach. Uh, there, of course, you know, he also works with uh, Boo Boy, what is it, Boo Boy Fernandez and whatnot. Um, and, of course, you know, Errol Spence Jr. there is there with Derek James uh, over in Texas. So, um, you know, I think that both of these guys are, you know, going to be well prepared for this bout, even though it's, it's going to be a matchup of, you know, rare matchup of two southpaws uh, going up against each other. And uh, it's been a good little while since Manny Pacquiao has uh, stepped into the ring against another southpaw. So um, that that was going to be something there where, you know, you kind of like see these guys kind of bring in a couple of uh, people over in camp uh, to, you know, give a good simulation of each fighter. Uh, but, you know, it's kind of like fairly difficult to get someone that's like a southpaw that has those type of dimensions or attributes that each of these fighters have. Manny Pacquiao was a, you know, very um, quick twitch fighter, uh, so to speak, and, and kind of like gets you at various different angles. So you got to be able to figure out how to time him well before he's able to come in and attack and get in and out of the pocket while you have Errol Spence, who is, you know, at times a very patient fighter, knows what he has as far as like his length, his reach, his height, and uses that to his advantage. I felt like he really did that uh, in his uh, fight against Danny Garcia, uh, was doing that early and often to where, you know, we got to the point where um, Danny Garcia didn't really have much of an answer uh, in the tail uh, ends of this uh, particular fight. So, I mean, you got, you know, with, um, was it with Errol Spence that, you know, he's going to see if he'll be able to, you know, use the right jab, um, be able to be active with that right jab and able to time Manny Pacquiao well uh, with that right jab uh, to, you know, the, to the extent that, you know, it could lead to more things uh, later on down the line over the course of a fight where uh, you'll see Manny Pacquiao with his, you know, level of experience and, and being in the ring uh, with multiple world champions uh, to see if that's going to be, you know, a factor as well uh, in, in this particular case. So, you know, I feel like that is, um, you know, something to the point where, you're going to get a very, very interesting, um, you know, very, very interesting uh, matchup uh, there in August. Um, you know, one of the other things that, you know, kind of like stood out as far as like when it comes to this particular matchup is that, you know, it looks like they are not going to have the WBA title on the line, you know, as of, you know, this moment, you know, as far, you know, as I have seen, 
the WBA had not really, you know, made you know a uh, decision uh, to have you know Manny Pacquiao as their super champion. They had actually recently rejected their request for Manny Pacquiao to be reinstated as the welterweight super champion. You know, months ago, they had made him the champion in recess and made or elevated your Dennis Ugas as the super champion when, you know, your Dennis Ugas had been the WBA world champion. Um, you know, usually going by WBA's rules, you know, um, whether you're, I guess, a world champion or the super champion, uh, if you're relegated to champion in recess, um, it's because, you know, you didn't necessarily have a fight you know, that had been scheduled or fight plan that would involve either you going up against the top ranked contender or the highest ranked contender since you're, you have been inactive for about two years. So if you weren't facing the highest ranked contender or having a unification bout, then they were going to put you a champion in recess until you, you know, pretty much got yourself back in and had yourself a fight. So when they had announced this fight, Pacquiao and Spence, you know, I was figuring that they were going to reinstate him as the WBA Super Champion since Spence is a unified champion himself with those WBC and IBF titles. But, uh, you know, going off of, you know, what had been happening uh, over the past couple of days, you know, they um, – the WBA had uh, made or, you know, had uh, your Dennis Ugas – remain the WBA super champion, you know, um, because the appeal um, that was sent out by uh, Manny Pacquiao's team, you know, um, they said it just, you know, it, it, it ended up being de uh, denied. Uh, this is uh, going uh, from, you know, uh, it was going through uh, Salvador Rodriguez that had, uh, you know, posted the development uh, on Friday. Um, but, you know, it, it, I, I, I just felt like that was a surprise to me uh, that, you know, someone <laughs> the level of a, a Manny Pacquiao, right, uh, would be denied the request to be reinstated as the super champion for the WBA, as you could have had the WBA, WBC and IBF welterweight titles all on the line uh, for this fight between Manny Pacquiao and Errol Spence. And, uh, well, the WBA just said no. And they ended up uh, having, you know, your Dennis Ugas uh, still be uh, named as the super champion. Now, with that being said, that makes it interesting to see what is going to end up happening uh, as far as that particular title is concerned. If they're going to keep your Dennis Ugas as the WBA super champion, then we got to see, you know, what is going to be positioned as his, you know, next fight. And that is uh, going to be um, the thing there. But it looked like they had um, tried to see if they could uh, position uh, something there for Dennis Ugas. And, um, if I'm not mistaken, they had, um, you know, seen if, 
they could try to uh, put your Dennis Ugas in there in a fight against a um, quote unquote contender. Um, but, you know, that particular contender uh, seemed like, you know, once they had uh, had the uh, buzz as far as like who his opponent was going to be, that's how you're doing the two gets, uh, you know what I'm saying. Um, then it's like, mm, but, um, you know, we're, we're, we're going to see, you know, how that, how this all develops. Um, me for one, you know, maybe if they don't have, you know, this whole thing with your Dennis Ugas defending the title against as uh kind of like rumored Andre Berto, then maybe it could be against former champion Keith Thurman. Um, you know, Keith Thurman, you know, was part of the whole thing with that uh po- uh that press conference earlier today, and he didn't necessarily give up uh, much uh, as far as like what was going to go on as um, as far as like his next opponent is concerned. Maybe it is against Sheridan Asukas, but uh, that remains to be seen. And he also had a uh, former uh, champion, uh, Sean Porter on there, uh, who kind of like didn't want to give out details on what his plans are going to be. And he gave a little bit of a specific detail to that, which I kind of felt was a good thing on his part. Uh, real quick, I wanted to bring in a guest here uh, to this uh, episode of the Boxing Source Radio Show. Uh, what's, what's going on, James? Not too much, man. Just uh, driving to the house, man. Seems like I'm always doing something when I join the show. <laughs> I, ain't, I ain't doing housework today. Yeah, at least it's yeah, not that. It's not that. Yep. Yeah, feel you, man. Yeah, feel you, man. Um, um, were you able to catch that press conference? No, I didn't catch it. Uh, you mind filling me in on, on what you saw or what you thought? Yeah, I'll do that. Uh, I think you have still like have a little feedback on that. But um, yeah, the thing with uh, Pacquiao and Spence, it was you know just a little bit of a friendly little um, face off or whatnot. You know that um, Manny Pacquiao isn't really that much of a contentious type dude he'd be like hey you know um you know Errol Spence um a great challenge you know and um looking forward to the fight and Errol Spence yo to a certain extent is like man you don't prepare it man this is this is what it's gonna be man I mean it's Manny Pacquiao is a hall of famer man um but you know, I don't think he's going to stop me man you know I, I know he has some power but I don't think he's going to stop me man so it was kind of it kind of like was like that. There was a couple of quote unquote verbal jabs, but not necessarily at each other. It was at someone else that isn't really involved in the fight. Um, but you know, I kind of like feel like it, it's going to be a good little matchup. I just feel like um, the stakes could have been a little bit higher. Although, if I'm not mistaken, they might have Ring Magazine welterweight title on the line, but they won't have the WBA super title on the line. Uh, here in this particular instance. Uh, I'm going to see here if I'm going to add in another guest that's going to be uh, talking about this particular topic in a little, uh, you know, for a little bit, and then definitely is going to go in on the next topic, I'm sure, or maybe he's going to kind of like defer. But we know him as the president 
of the Deontay Wilder fan club and also president of the of the <laughs> Guillermo Rigandel fan club, Mr. Matthew Brown from the Bronx. What's good? Hey, what's good, JR? Mike Grady, how you doing today, my brother? Pretty good, man. How you doing? I'm good, man. Um, Manny Pacquiao on some sucker shit. Why he, <laughs> why he talking about Floyd? Why Why is Floyd still living? Rest free in that man's head. Not only that, I, I disagree with something JR said. JR claims that the WBA title will not be on the line. Listen, if Teofimo Lopez versus Lomachenko was for undisputed, then Manny Pacquiao is still the WBA champion and Ugas is just the email champion. Isn't that how this works? <laughs> I mean, hey, all, all I'm doing <laughs> is reporting on the news. That's all I do is report on the news. And as of Friday, that's what happened. The WBA rejected that appeal. So, so Ugas hey. is the email champion. <laughs> Yeah, I guess that's what it's looking like. <laughs> oh, okay. Listen, they, they could call this fight for undisputed for all I care. I don't care what belts on the line, what titles. I don't I don't care about none of that. I just care about this matchup. I think we're gonna get a great fight. And Errol Spence better be on this game. Yeah, you can't be yeah, you can't be you can't be Lex in that, you know. How they drug testing? Are they Olympic style drug testing? Do they need that? Um, I mean, if they if they want a more exciting fight, then they should not do that. But if they want a less exciting oh, fight, on, then they should do that. Manny Pacquiao is a legend, eight division champion, five divisions lineal champion, and you're out here disparaging this man. Oh man! I mean, the WBC title is on the line, so they do have to register for that clean boxing program, right? Well, they're doing full body testing. Yeah, so they got to be at least in the body testing part. Yeah, they're doing full body testing. So I don't know why Mike Grady throwing shade at Pacquiao, man. I don't know what's up with that. What's up? Wasn't he doing Vada back when we used to call him, uh, like, when he was Manny pacquiao -y? Hey, don't we is a lot of people, okay? You got to speak for yourself. I have never accused Manny Pacquiao of PEDs that anybody can prove because my Facebook account got banned. Um, so it's off the record now. I, I, I think that uh, Matt doesn't want to have a certain person hit up his Twitter account. Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> Talk about snack on these nuts. <laughs> <laughs> talking about talking about the donairs. Oh my God! Yeah, we we man, we we yeah we can't have that. You know what I'm saying? Uh, someone um, on, on the live chat here through um, this live uh, podcast said that Errol looked like a middleweight slash light heavyweight. I mean, no, he did. <laughs> no, he did. 
uh, Manny's just short. Arrow looks like he's maybe one fifty-five right now. Yeah. Yeah, about 155. I mean, this isn't, you know, this isn't like, um, you know, like I was saying before, where Errol Spence kind of like admitted in between the Mikey Garcia and um, Sean Porter fights that he was like around 183 to 185, trying to get down to 147. Um, you know, we said that at least for his preparation with uh, Danny Garcia, that he wanted to keep himself around 165. So yeah. that you know, when it came to getting it in in training camp, he didn't really have to cut that much weight. And after that fight, he said that he's gonna just go ahead and keep within that weight, you know, that weight range, so he wouldn't have to worry about weight cutting uh, or spending, you know, pretty much like seventy percent of the camp weight cutting instead of preparing for the opponent. So. Now, how much, how much is Arrow Spence being a southpaw? Uh, gonna affect Manny because he hasn't fought a southpaw in like 13 years. I 13 think years. Diaz, David yep. Diaz, last southpaw that he fought. How is that gonna yep. affect Manny? Uh, I think it's going to be, it's going to take some time for him to adjust um, because it, it's one thing to like try to mimic it in camp or have people, you know, kind of like simulate it in camp. But you're dealing with, you know, someone in Errol Spence that has those dimensions, much taller, has a long reach, um, very active and very, um, you know, calculated with his jab. I think he probably has one of the better jabs in the game, you know, um, and that controls like everything that he does in the fight. Uh, so I think that's going to be something that, you know, Manny Pacquiao is going to have to find out within those first few rounds how he's going to be able to deal with it, especially if he's, you know, not able to cut in and cut out of the pocket uh, like he has done for, you know, many years. But, you know, outside of that, um, you know, I, I like to see if he's going to be able to get inside uh, Errol Spence, what could happen in that particular point. That, that'll be interesting because um, Errol Spence, He's a good body puncher, a decent inside fighter. But Errol Spence, to me, loves the mid-range. And he likes to stay at distance more just to keep you at bay with that stiff jab. And work, like you said, work off of everything off that jab. Um, I do wonder if we've really seen Errol Spence get chin-checked since he's been back. Uh, we know he had to fight with Danny Garcia, but... I didn't feel like Danny Garcia landed anything like too clean or anything that Spence didn't see. Manny right. Pacquiao is famous for hitting people with punches that they didn't see. So yeah. I, I do wonder uh, if Spence's chin is going to be able to hold up from the awkward style and power and speed of Manny Pacquiao. And the thing is, he's definitely going to get hit because he doesn't move his head off the line. Manny Pacquiao will hit him quite a few times. I mean, he has the jab. That'll that'll stop him from getting hit as much. But Manny's going to land some punches on him. Big punches. Yeah. Um, yeah, but the thing with Spence, with him not, you know, having his head off the line, yes, he could get, you know, caught with a few hooks. You know, in, in the Danny Garcia fight, he was, you know, getting hit a couple times from Danny Garcia, but 
you kind of like seen from Denny Garcia that he telegraphed a good number of those punches. Yeah. So it was like, yeah, he would be able to land, but there were like a good number of punches that Errol Spence was able to block too. Um, so yeah, it would be interesting to see if Manny Pacquiao is able to, you know, um, jump on him or be able to catch him, you know, with a, a good hook or a good power shot. You know, I think um, when Manny Pacquiao fought Keith Thurman, he he was able to throw him off early and catch him off the, you know, his back foot and also the foot positioning foot to foot uh, in order to, you know, score that knockdown in the first round. But also the timing um, kind of like threw off Keith Thurman a little bit until the, closer to the second half of the fight where he was able to get back into it. But it just ended up not being enough uh, to get the decision uh, through the scorecards there. Um, but, you know, me, you know, I initially, like, feel like it, it's something for, like, it's a fight that Errol Spence, for Errol Spence to, you know, pretty much showcase himself. Um, you know, some people pretty much have him around top five pound for pound. Um, and, you know, going up against a guy that was, you know, one of the, probably one of the top pound for pound fighters of all time in Manny Pacquiao. Um, he, if he's able to, you know, get this win, you know, it'll be a good little notch on his resume. But if he's able to knock him out, that would really be something. Uh, it's just how would, you know, people kind of like receive uh, that news if he is able to knock him out. You know, I don't think it's going to be like a, like how Manny Pacquiao fought Oscar De La Hoya. I don't think it's going to be like that as far as like how it's perceived. Um but I think it's going to be something that'll really, you know, have people, you know, more people, I would say, uh, respect Errol Spence there as far as like his standing in the welterweight division. What, what I will say is that I bet you I like Terrence Crawford, but he's going to get more delusional to say that he deserves to be above him. If Crawford beats Manny Pacquiao, I don't care how he beats him. If he beats Spence, him. Spence. I'm sorry, if Spence beats Manny Pacquiao, Crawford will still say he's legitimately the top welterweight, which will not be in the realm of being possible at that point. But I don't blame him for saying that. Well, at, at no point has Crawford been the top welterweight. In all his years at welterweight, yes. he's never been the top welterweight. So to me, I agree. That's, that's, just, that's just talking. Yeah, you know, like 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 I was saying with um, resumes, man. You know, you have your welterweight resume of Jeff Horn, Jose Benavidez, Amir Khan, Gidejis Kavalioskis, and Kel Brook. You know, um, that is not near. You know what um, Errol Spence had been able to do in the welterweight division, especially recently. So, yeah, you may hold a, you know, WBO title uh, there, but, you know, people kind of like bring up that, you know, resume there at welterweight and, you know, they're not necessarily impressed with it. I mean, have we even, have we even seen Jose Benavidez since that loss to Terrence Crawford? No, but we will be. We'll be seeing him in August. <laughs> he is the uh, latest new member of the PBC family. So he's going to be fighting in August on his brother, David Benavidez's undercard. 
Uh, okay, so uh, he'll he'll be on that. What what is that going to be? The twenty eighth. Yeah, twenty eighth. Yeah, you know, August twenty eighth. Uh, their PBC, you know, pretty much will be like a PBC on Fox. Uh, no, no, it'll be on Showtime. Or, or Showtime. Yeah, that's Showtime. Uh, with, um, that's going to be Benavidez. the fight weekend. You're going to have Benavidez uh, versus Uska Katagui on yep. Saturday. And then on Sunday, you're going to have Jake Paul versus Tyron Woodley uh, on on uh, pay-per-view. On pay-per-view. Yes, man. Yo, yo, our guy, our guy on Showtime is 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 real busy, man. Yeah, it's gonna be a big weekend for Showtime. Yeah, so, so they're definitely uh putting in work there to, to you know to get those events together. So Stephen Espinosa uh had really has really put his foot on the ground and getting these events done there, you know. So that's something there, man. Um, but yeah, that that's you know mainly what I wanted to wanted to get into for for that particular topic. Like I said, more more news is going to come out you know closer to the event um, when it happens, and you're definitely going to see a whole lot of um, you know promotion for it uh, over those next couple of weeks, especially with it being on Fox. Because you know, like we were um, talking about with that David Morrell fight that was on a Sunday night. And the amount of people that they had watching that that actual event, you know, they pretty much get like a consistent amount of viewers uh, for those events. So if they just keep consistent with that that amount of viewership, no matter who they you know who fights on those cards, then they're definitely going to be seeing those promotions for Manny Pacquiao versus Errol Spence over the next few weeks. Not only that, they're going to be building the superstars of tomorrow. Because 1.4 million people saw Morrell send that guy to hell in the first round. People like first round knockouts. Yeah, but the the thing on the uh, on uh, July 31st there, uh, Michael Polite coffee against Gerald Washington. Yeah, uh, it's gonna be you know two heavyweights right there. So, <laughs> oh man. So maybe maybe it'll be like that uh, co-feature bout that was uh, on that thing for Morell and uh, yeah yeah. So I mean, so that that's gonna be a good amount of eyes that are gonna see those uh, promotional commercials there for uh, Manny Pacquiao and Errol Spence. Of course, that was gonna be that's gonna be there August twenty first at the T Mobile Arena. But there was supposed to be something else going on at the T Mobile Arena, man. There was supposed to be something that was supposed to be on July 24th, man. And, man, of course, this week, earlier this week, we heard news that somebody got tested positive for COVID. Uh, and that man is Tyson Fury. Um, he holds the WBC heavyweight title. Okay, uh, He holds the lineal title. Um and it said within camp that it's been reported, it was reported in camp that about four, well, they said up to 10 at one point, but four people in particular um, tested positive for uh, COVID, um, which included like Isaac Lowe, um, a, a contender in the lower weight division, uh, Joseph Parker, who, you know, a former WBO heavyweight champion, but a frequent um, person that's, that usually comes into the uh, top-ranked camp or uh, camp in Las Vegas with uh, Tyson Fury. 
Um, but from my perspective and from what I was hearing uh, within people that are that were also involved in the camp, they did not, you know, um, them those people particularly did not test positive for COVID. And as of the following day that the news came down for Tyson Fury testing positive for COVID, there were still people over at that particular gym that were still training, okay? And that news kind of like was really strange to me, given that protocols usually for someone that uh, tests positive for COVID in a, um, let's see, uh, highly, I would say, quote unquote, highly populated area, they would they would at the very least shut that down. You know, um, dealing with, you know, other organizations or going to other buildings like office buildings and things like that. If there was somebody that had tested positive for COVID-19, they would close that office down, at least for the next day to go through cleaning protocol. Yeah, not, not only that, they would set up contact tracing. Mm-hmm. Where's the contact tracing? And um, I, I got contact tracing, man. What? I got evidence of contact tracing. Uh, speak about it. I would love to hear this. I saw a uh, report of Joseph Parker at the fight, at the UFC fight, McGregor fight. It, it wasn't a report. It happened. He was on Instagram Instagramming from the fight. So if allegedly Tyson Fury and his camp tested positive for COVID and Joseph Park was one of the people that tested positive, then how the fuck was he allowed in that very arena, the T-Mobile arena for the Conor McGregor well, why are we calling it the Conor McGregor fight? For the Dustin Poirier fight. Contact yes. Well, I mean, the, the only other thing they could probably say is that, oh, they tested, they did a COVID test the following day and it, and it came back negative. But have so why we seen he, why any he deleted the post? testing that came in for the following day after this? So why he yeah. deleted the post? Well, <laughs> Joseph Parker, man, Joseph Parker, you know, <laughs> Matt, you saw, you saw what I what I told you uh, that that day when the news came down. <laughs> so, uh, all I'm like is this, right? So now, um, so now they're planning on rescheduling this fight. Jr. Before you move on to that, okay, I yeah, just need you to be honest. Tell the truth, Jr. All right. I know you hate Deontay. I know you're a hater. Okay. But can you at least admit that Tyson Fury is fucking lying his ass off and he did not test positive for COVID? Hey, I, I report what I report. So you could give anything what you could get is what I report. I have to be the reporter, a boxing reporter. And what from what I reported, you can make your conclusions. So, but there you go. Have an opinion. I I don't think he does have it. That's what I'm. That's what I'm saying. I don't think. So. I don't think he has it. Uh, but you know, there's many different elements to it. But I don't think he has it. Um, <laughs> even if it was like a Jamel Herring situation. 
<laughs> like something's up. But back into it. Uh, shout out to everyone that's on the live chat. Thanks for uh, being on here. Um, back to this rescheduling thing, right? So with the events that are going on in the Las Vegas area over the rest of the summer going into the fall, their plan is to reschedule this fight for the first weekend or the second weekend of October. Whose plan? Whose plan? I hope it ain't their plan. Cause Cause let's, 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 let's be right, JR. Let's be right. Have you heard any of this rescheduling nonsense and this October nonsense from anybody connected with Wilder? No. We've only heard from ESPN reporters. Okay? We've only heard from Top Rank. We've only heard from okay. Frank Warren. Okay? Uh -huh. Do not make the same mistake that you guys made last time when you guys thought Deontay Wilder had no case in arbitration because everybody was going on the words of one side, okay? We have not heard from Shelly Finkel. The only thing I've heard from him is that they are looking at their legal options. Well, I'm saying this. They better not have this fight on October 9th, all right? Listen, I have plans, <laughs> and Mike knows this, and I'm putting this on wax. I have plans to go into Miami on that weekend was for it Miami Carnival. So if these people... Oh, my God. <laughs> if these people go ahead and reschedule this thing to October 9th, I'm going to be super heated. Listen. Deontay <laughs> Wilder should not trust I'm give him a call. Deontay Wilder should not trust these people. The judge said by September 15th. So I think Deontay Wilder should not only go for damages, he should go for damages plus an ironclad date in which the fight is going to be rescheduled. Well, I think he's going to get damages. At the very least, he's going to get damages. Um, because... The thing is, you're you're guaranteed a specific amount for the fight, um, you know, for the fight taking place. And because of, you know, this particular delay and, you know, all the stuff that happened before that, you know, it's, you know, he's been in camp off and on for a long, for months and months and months. So it's like, I'm spending this money. I'm doing this to bring the, to bring people in to to work with me and flying them in and and doing this and lodging and all of that. Like those, you know, those numbers add up. So you got to have something that you know to, to basically show for it. You know what I'm saying? Um, and as of right now, you know, nothing really direct from you know Tyson Fury, and like you said, nothing from uh, Wilder's can't that says that you know you can't that they have agreed to a rescheduled date of what you know ESPN had initially reported out or pe or people within ESPN uh, have reported out. So right now it's basically a you could see something where they're back in court, 
you know, because they're going to have to have something ironclad, like you were saying, ironclad on the books that you can't, you know, back yourself out of. Uh, so that's the thing about it. You know what I mean? Um, now, now, Matt, I'm, I'm going to put this question to you, right? Um, now, remember the week of the arbitration ruling, right? Yeah. Okay. So that Saturday, that following Saturday was when they had the uh, Taylor Ramirez fight, right? And there you had Tyson Fury in attendance and they had him signing, you know, his, his, his uh, signature on a page there. It was supposed to be a contract. Yep. <laughs> He's sure that he really wanted to go through all that. He's full of it, man. Everything is a dog and pony show with this guy. Just get your ass in the ring and get knocked out like your daddy used to. That's all. Oh, man. <laughs> oh, it's just it's just a whole mess. Um, you know, this is, you know, uh, stuff that you know, people within the boxing boxing world, you know, kind of like uh, seen from Tyson Fury. You know, people have uh, gotten a swerve, so to speak, uh, when it comes to Tyson Fury and, and fights getting made or fights not getting made. Um, and it's a bad look. It's a real bad look. And so right now it just shows like the level of unprofessionalism on his part to not, you know, go forward and have this particular fight. You know what I mean? So and it's bad for boxing. This is bad for boxing. Because of the level of, I mean, the 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 amount of revenue that they could have generated for this particular fight, you know, it could have been you know real huge. And the people in know. Vegas are very upset. Oh they yeah. They said executives <laughs> like the MGM are furious at, at Tyson Fury. Um, um I, I just don't understand did Bob Arum lied to us or did Tyson Fury lie to Bob Arum? Because Bob Arum said that Fury and his corner were fully vaccinated. And now we're getting a report from Dan Raphael that Fury was not fully vaccinated. He only had gotten one shot but never went to get a second shot. So why didn't Bob Arum or representatives within top rank fully follow up with that? It's not the thing about, you know, him. It's not about like testing positive or whatnot, because, you know, even I mean, Chris Paul, <laughs> you know, but like being able to disclose that information, you got to be able to properly disclose that information to the people that, you know, you're either you're basically working for or working with, yeah. you know, yeah. if it's if it's required then you have to provide that to them. It's basically like, you know, Vada testing, so to speak. You can't, like, necessarily, uh, <laughs> you know, like, not really interpret, not know for properly interpret 
the form like Luis Ortiz or something like that. Yeah. Nah, he got to be able to, you know, go through everything, you know, the right way. So uh, for Fury not being able to do that, um, that's, you know, one thing that, that's on his part. But the other thing to me was, like, having having those uh, – uh, having that many people in that camp is, is another, you know, concern um, because you already know who's going to be directly involved with that particular card. So if you know that, you got to try to limit the amount of people that could be in and out of the camp, you know? Yeah, but not, not only that. We had three different camps going on there. We had FA Jobless camp there, and we had Jerry Anderson camp there. Why is it only the Fury camp tested positive for COVID? I, I just, I just think it's bullshit. So, I, I mean, got that's, that's just a you know, weird little, uh, weird little thing, but. Um, Yo, I definitely think that more is going to be coming out uh, here within the next couple of weeks. Um, I'm not going to entertain other quote-unquote rumors in reference to this particular fight because that's not what, you know, we deal with because of the people that we know. So this is the boxing source, and we go through direct sources if we have to in order to figure out what's going on. So that's why we say, so that's why I say what I say. And y'all go ahead and take it from there. You know what I mean? But you know, like I said, all I gotta do is just make one phone call to 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 that to whatever needs to be done and they will tell me, you know, so so that's that. Um Yo, anything else you want to say about it before I like go into a little bit um, of what happened on Friday night? I heard he got knocked out. I heard he got knocked out. That's why he didn't want to fight. That's what I heard. Mm. Doesn't look like Mike. That's more believable to me. Wasn't that the same yeah. guy who's on the show? Wasn't Jared um, on the show? No. The, the one thing that, you know, uh, some people kind of like was uh, trying to bring up is that maybe it was something to buy time to boost ticket sales. Um, one thing that we do here on the Boxing Source is we do, on certain events, we have a special called the dot counting report. Yep. Okay. The dot counting report is where we actually go to the site where tickets for a particular fight are being sold. And we see how many dots are showing there for that particular fight at a particular date. So we have somebody here that specializes in dot counting. And there's nobody that knows more about counting dots than Matthew Brown. So, Mr. Matt, what was your latest dot counting report as of the time before we got the news about Tyson Fury? Uh, it was only about 1,600 tickets left. Okay, 
So, for some people, they may feel like 1,600 tickets is a lot. But Maybe for people that, that, that aren't familiar with uh, how the U.S. market works and the walk-up crowd that is serious uh, when it comes to U.S. big events. Yeah, that's number one. And they got to take into account the total amount of people that are allowed within that arena for boxing events. So they can have a capacity crowd. It could be like, say, a sellout would be 16,000 people. They could have a capacity of about like 14,000, you know, 300 people. And it was still generated a lot at the at the gate because exactly. of the price point. But for this one, the capacity was about twenty one thousand. Yeah. So so you would have had like you know about nineteen thousand people um, that would have been in attendance for for this fight. And that's so, if you never even sold another ticket. Right. So so you know, given that and the price point, that would have been a highly highly um, that would have been a very high gate. You know, oh, yeah. the last fight that they had, you know, they produced about 16 and a half to 17 and a half million dollars at the gate. Yep. Um, so this one was probably going to reach around 20, 21 million or more. Um, so that is definitely a good amount of money that's being lost uh, for this particular fight, number one. Number two is that it was a joint pay-per-view. You know, it, it, it's not necessarily uh, fully Disney because Disney does not, you know, run over Fox itself or like Fox Sports. It's only like a few things within the Fox uh, area of networks and it's more of like the, you know, the uh, motion they, they, pictures. They bought the Fox movie business. Yeah, so it's, it's mainly motion pictures, but not like actual television, like, Rupert no. Murdoch still, you know, owns that portion. Fox you know? News and Fox Sports are standalone. Yeah. So, so that's another thing there is like those representatives at Fox are not happy because this was supposed to be Disney ESPN's turn to kind of like, you know, go forward with uh, most of this stuff. And yeah, they're not very happy about this either. So there's definitely a lot of pressure on Furies and top rank side to have this fight happen and get this fight done. Now, what happens uh, with with the tickets that were already bought? Uh, because I'm under the impression that Access doesn't give refunds. They just let you hold your ticket until the event is rescheduled is that accurate uh i wouldn't know necessarily because i like access to me is like a fairly new thing yeah for me it's kind of like different than ticketmaster ticketmaster usually does like refunds uh if either it's like you know canceled or rescheduled um, but as far as like access is concerned, I don't know if they have uh, you know done anything yet. Maybe if we could, maybe if I have one of those, uh, you know, what is those sports flash reports or whatever it is. Okay, this thing now, now it says on access, 
that the Fury versus Wilder fight is TBD. Wow. They finally they finally put in that faded TBD announcement. Yeah, turns Crawford's next opponent. Well, I thought it was going to be Cepeda, but but uh, <laughs> <laughs> regardless, but but still, you can still have as of this moment, we can still do a dot count report. Oh, so they are still selling this, tickets. Yeah, this they are still selling tickets. Okay, they, they're not refunding you can still, nobody. You know, <laughs> you can still you can still have a dot count report. There are still a few rows that are available for sale. You know. Yeah, they are not um, refunding nobody. They said, "Listen, we don't care what this crackhead doing. Yeah, y'all paid for it. This is what y'all getting." <laughs> Listen, so, if y'all so want to go ahead and pay $2,500, <laughs> go right ahead. What now happens to the hotel? You um, now, uh, one one other thing here, though. Um, can, y'all, can you hear me, uh, Jake? Yo, yeah. What what happens to the hotels that people pay for? They they definitely don't refund those, right? Ooh. Hotels, flights. You know, travel plans, Airbnbs, or whatever it is. Um, nah, usually they would do credit, uh, especially if it's something like a casino thing. So they probably would end up doing credit. You know, um, one one person that said like no refunds. Yo, know, like I was saying, man, no refunds. It's probably gonna be credit, uh, uh, like a voucher. Let's say you could reschedule uh, to see if you could have a reservation at another date uh, in the hotel. Um, but unless if there's something where you could directly say that you did this because you were going to that fight on that date, then they really don't, you know, they're really not that lenient on that. Um, real quick though, um, before I get into the next topic, um, one, one person, uh, has, uh, brought up uh, the topic reference to, the uh, venue and T-Mobile Arena and capacity. Um, they compared, you know, the amount of people that would have been in there for Fury Wilder three to the amount of people that were in attendance for Canelo Alvarez versus Billy Joe Saunders. Okay, um, the thing about it is, right? Canelo is Canelo, but you're not going to have that particular price point at a fight over at AT&T Stadium. Exactly. That was a stupid comparison. It's not going to happen. Um, I mean, usually, you know, you could go on Google or whatever it is, and you could, you know, just look it up right now. Um, Canelo versus Saunders didn't even generate $10 million at the gate. Yeah. So like, what are we, what are we this, talking about here? Like, if you're going to say that, you know, the nosebleed seats are, like, nosebleeds were as low as $70, you know? Um, that's the thing about it. It's like, if you could get nosebleed seats for under 100 bucks, then, yeah, you, you're, you're not really going to 
generate that much overall, uh, so to speak. So that's kind of a, um, so that's the thing about, you know, compares, comparing those two things. Like you could have, like I said, you could have, um, you know, Spence versus Danny Garcia. That was at AT&T Stadium. Now they didn't have like, you know, 70,000, but they had around like 20, what was that about? Like 20,000 or so? Yeah. Of that. So that's the thing, right? So, and we had the report last as of last month um, that what they say uh, through through Jake Donovan that the gate was just a shade over nine million dollars. Yep. You know, so you got nine million dollars for something that had you know over seventy thousand people. Yeah, sixty six thousand people to something that could generate 16 to 17 million dollars or more than that because what was that the second fight was over at mgm right yeah and they got 17 million and they got 17 million and y'all know the capacity for uh mgm grand garden arena is not that big yeah, you know in yeah about sixteen thousand. you know and usually with that and for me that sixteen thousand is pretty good because for for the MGM Grand Garden Arena, I don't think there's really any bad seat in that place. No, you know. So take that from MGM Grand Garden Arena to T-Mobile Arena, and that's you exactly. know even more. Like I said, it was going to be around twenty to twenty-one million dollars live gate. So can't really you know put that uh, up for Canelo Saunders in comparison to know pretty much like any fight that's held in vegas because of how they know price things at these uh venues there in vegas so there's that you know um you know other thing i wanted to like get into real quick man um you know had a few fights that went down on friday uh golden boy had themselves a little a little uh fight card there uh over at the bank of california stadium in la uh, had co-featured about Jojo Diaz against Javier Fortuna, main event, uh, former WBO champion at super middleweight Roberto Ramirez uh, over in the light heavyweight division, fighting Sullivan Barrera. Gerberto uh, Ramirez scoring a fourth round knockout victory over Sullivan Barrera, you know, hitting, hitting, hitting that soft spot in the body. And Barrera, he, he, he pretty much did – he pretty much pulled a Nayor in a way on Sullivan Barrera, man. I'm gonna just put it straight up. He just pulled a Nayor in a way on Sullivan Barrera and got that KO win. He's now 42 and 0. And Jojo Diaz versus Javier Fortuna, man. I, listen, I, I picked Fortuna at the last minute. I picked Fortuna by decision, but it ended up being Jojo Diaz with the unanimous decision win. Uh, there to be the WBC interim. Champion, another one of those belts that the inner, you know, the interim title, the diamond title, the franchise title. How many titles they got there at lightweight? Franchise champion, yeah, WBC champion, interim champion. Oh, and now Jojo Diaz is, you know, now saying, "Oh, want to fight Devin Haney and this and that." I'm we'll like, see. Yeah, we'll see. You're right. We'll see. You know. 
Um, other other there's some people that are suggesting that you know maybe he should uh, uh, go in there in the ring against uh, Ryan Garcia. I'm like, uh, why? Like that really isn't a good look. You be so you you mean you would be able to pass on facing the world champ in Devin Haney to fight Ryan Garcia? That made no sense. Exactly. And if you really want to fight Ryan Garcia, why don't you go into that fight with a title? Go beat Devin Haney first. Yep. Definitely. I would just go ahead and do that. It's not like Jojo Diaz is a big name where, oh my God, it's such a big matchup. Go in there with a belt. Give Ryan Garcia an incentive to fight you. Yep, basically. Nah, he's probably going to be like, oh, like like they were doing in the build up to the fight, they were like, "Oh man, you know, at least I'm able to step up and fight Javier Fortuna." Ryan Garcia wouldn't do it. I'm like, "Okay, I." But what does that mean? <laughs> like exactly. facing Javier Fortuna? Yeah, Fortuna is a tough opponent, but he, I mean, he like the thing about it is, is that you gotta be able to say like, "Hey, look." What has he done to like really be a you know serious threat to being a world champion? Outside of this performance against Robert Easter Jr. a few years ago, you know, we really hadn't seen him in a very significant bout, you know, up to this point. So that's the thing, that's the thing you got here, you know. So Jojo, I think you should just work towards uh fighting the quote unquote free agent in Devin Haney. Uh, and then see what you could do there. Um, how about this? Maybe you could, maybe Jojo Diaz could have another fight on Showtime against Devin Haney, like he had on Showtime against Gary Russell Jr. Yep. You know, I mean, Devin Haney's been on Showtime, you know, so maybe they could have him return and they'll be against uh, Jojo Diaz. So why not? Uh, but we don't really care about Jojo Diaz, to be honest with you. <laughs> oh man! All right. Uh, what what about what Zerdo did? Because I know you were you were Zerdo fan, Let's yo. Let's go. Let's go. Hey, before we move, hey, before we move. So you saying you didn't watch the fight of the lower weights, man? Is that what you saying? I did watch the fight. It was white. The fight was trash. Okay, never mind. Yeah, if I was trash, I, I didn't care for it. I wish I'd have went to karaoke instead. Oh, uh, no, nah. <laughs> Shit was trash. No, nah, I, nah, I, think, I think, you know what? I think you watching that fight card kind of like got you back in the boxing mood after what happened the day before. Yeah, yeah, that. <laughs> oh, man. I mean, you were almost ready to just give up on the sport completely. Yeah. But, oh uh, man. I, I was like, I was seriously gonna reach out and console the kid because I was like, man, he was really, really disappointed, bro. Yeah, it but was. England lost today in, in soccer, so I feel better. <laughs> oh man, what one of those one of those penalty kicks by England, man. I was yeah. like, how how did you 
Oh, <laughs> that that's that's a whole nother thing. There, it's not coming home. Okay, it's not coming home. It's Y'all coming wrong. Go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> so, all right, back to Zerto. Fourth round KO over Sullivan Barrera, forty-two and zero. Someone give him a title shot. Come on, man. Let's give him a title shot. I know that they're potentially talking about, yo, maybe he could get in that ring against Demetri Baval. Just go ahead and give him a title shot, man. Like we know that he, we know that it won't be the WBO. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> definitely won't be the WBO anytime soon. So go ahead and put him up against Demetri Baval. I think that'll be a really, really good fight for both of those guys. You know, of course, if y'all have followed me, I'm not I haven't really been sold on Demetri Baval since the uh not even the um John Pascal fight. Yeah. You know. But man, yo, <laughs> yeah, yeah, he's gonna have to do something, man. You know. Um he's well, had what, a manager. Oh yeah, we might like the fight. Uh, we have a couple options, but it's it's close to the top of the fights we want. Like, dude, what other options do you have that anyone cares about? Make the, the only fight happen. The only other the only other direction that they would probably try to go, and I don't even know if they would be interested in it now, is to have a rematch with Joe Smith Jr. But this time it'd be for unification. Well, you know? according to uh, uh, boxing scene. Uh, Joe Smith Jr. and Arda Beterbiev are looking to finalize their fight within the next couple of days. Ooh! So good luck with as that. Of, as of like, yeah, it's been like almost breaking news here. Yeah, you know, yeah, that, it just came down a few minutes ago. Yeah, a few minutes ago, you know that uh, Mauricio Solomon had been notified that the unification could be uh, held for September 18th in New York. So, hey, that would be that would be nice, though. It hasn't been confirmed, but that would be nice. It they would, would go ahead and, and have that unification, man. But then what's next for Danny Jacobs, who allegedly Eddie Hearn was going to make a big offer to Joe Smith to fight Danny Jacobs? Ooh, um, man. Well, he's going to be basically stuck. But that was, man, yeah, now nah, he's stuck. Because that would mean, because if he was going to try to go for that, that would mean he would move yet up another division. Yeah. You know, to 175. And, but, if he, but if he was willing to do that, why don't Eddie Hearn make a big offer to Dimitri Bivol for Danny Jacobs? Yeah, go ahead and try to, yeah, go ahead and do that. Yeah. Just uh, make that offer to Dimitri Bivol, or or we'll probably see if he could get it to the uh, WBA and then try to fight for the vacant WBA quote unquote world title since John Pascal don't have it no more. Exactly. <laughs> and you know he could probably try that. You know what I'm saying? So. So that's that, man. Uh, you know, like I said, we 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 getting in those updates that that yo better be at versus Joe Smith, man. I yeah, that would be really, really, really. Rock him, rock him. Yeah, man, really would be. You know what I'm saying? 
Um, the other thing that you know I, I was gonna you know touch on it. It seemed like man, yo, what what what's up with this thing with Teofimo Lopez and George Cambosis, man? Like <laughs> now, now they're saying that oh, they're going to try to see if they can have this fight over in Australia. And when I saw that, I'm like, wait a minute. Y'all do know that they were trying to get this fight to be held in Australia in the first place. Like, we've seen a couple of fights with Tim Zhu over there in Australia. And his latest one, that was, you know, what was that, Wednesday. And it had a capacity crowd out there. So why not just go ahead and have that title offense over in Australia? Why were you going to go over and try to reserve a baseball stadium in, in the Miami area for this type of fight? Because, like, you know, Triller, they're trying to do the whole where doing concerts, sports, we're doing and concerts and events and all this shit. You know, the Rock Nation type thing. Uh, man. Yeah, basically they were doing too much. Man. And, and and they signed up Jim Lampley for this. Yeah, it's crying ass. <laughs> hey, oh man, listen, hey man, come on, man, yo. Either y'all gonna do concert straight up, or y'all gonna do boxing straight up, or just leave it be. Like you know, people have tried, you know, whole entertainment and boxing thing mashed up together. And it hasn't, you know, really worked all too well. It's a different audience. It's a different audience, one, but like, okay, like for example, what was it that um, Paul Askren fight or whatever it was? Yeah. yeah. Last one. Like, I couldn't really get, like, as a boxing fan, it's it's one thing to be a boxing fan, and it's another thing to be like a fan of music, so to speak. They had Justin Bieber performing. What the like, fuck was that? Like, come on, or you know, having having performances by Doja Cat. Like, I, I'm not interested in that. Like, don't, like I don't I don't want to go into one of those Teddy Atlas rants. Okay, I don't want to do that. <laughs> I'll leave that for Teddy Atlas. But yep. you have boxing for boxing. You have. Musical performances for musical performances. Separate those two. I get it, Triller. You want to mash those things up. But you could do that to a certain extent if you're dealing with, you know, people that aren't necessarily full-time professional boxers. It might work that way, okay? But in a pro game, no. You know, even even when you've been trying it and you have like semi-retired fighters, you know, fighting on there, and then you end up having Oscar De La Hoya saying USSR Cunningham, that should tell you that this that ain't gonna work all too well, you know. Exactly. You're not gonna be able to pull off something like a, a like a telecast, like you know, the one-time thing there with Tyson versus Jones. How that was done was pretty much your best way to do it. But you haven't been able to put that in the proverbial bottle and keep that concept 
to keep the whole thing flowing. But as of right now, this thing for Lopez Cambosas, if it, if they can't get it in Australia, they're looking to like see if it'll be what part of that Oscar De La Hoya card on September 11th. Yeah, but with that being and, said, I'm completely on Triller's side with this one. Because uh, now you got top rank uh, talking about they're going to hire a lawyer and hit, uh, them and Lopez are going to uh, petition the IBF to make uh, Trilla not have the date in October. Listen, you cannot complain about when the fight is going to take place because at the end of the day, you're the one that did not get vaccinated for COVID and you're the reason why the fight did not take place already. So you can't then go and say, well, Trilla is messing around with the date. This is this is your own doing. And Ryan Kavanaugh was very correct in his statement where he said, listen, Lopez should be trying to do right by everybody, do right by Cambosis, the people on the undercard, do right by Trilla, because of his irresponsibility, uh, a lot of shit got affected. So why is he not complaining about where the fight's going to be at? Well, I mean, that's the thing about it. Um, you you had Ryan Kavanaugh, uh, and you had Peter Kahn uh, there that you know had been recently involved with Triller, you know, over the past few months. But you know, like I was saying, Peter Kahn, you know, who's managing George Cambosis, said back in November that they wanted to try to go ahead and get the fight made to be over in Australia back then. And they didn't necessarily go through with it. And then it ended up, you know, having Teofimo Lopez have that little verbal back and forth between him, his manager, his father. Who was it? It's manager David McWater's father yeah. and yeah. top rank. And then they end up having this fight going to a purse bid. And then the purse bid trailer wins. So, yeah. And the funny yeah. part about that is uh, top rank basically accused. Teofio's uh, manager of colluding with Trilla in order to get the fight away from top rank. So now all of a sudden, Teofimo's turning on the people that he colluded with. I, I don't get it. I don't get what's going on here. Oh, so, so wait, so first you wanted to blame Eddie Hearn for trying to get himself in the, uh, in the uh, contention to bid on that fight. And Triller ends up winning it. And now here we are months later, you want to go ahead and go after the representatives for Triller. Yeah. Right there. So, yeah, that, that's going to be a whole mess. Don't be surprised if we don't see that fight on September 11th. And, of course, you know, the whole thing that sucks about it is that every other fight that was supposed to be scheduled uh, in June, that pretty much, like, goes out the window. Grand Sean Cruz, Michael the Bounty Hunter. Yeah, he's in right. action, you know. So, so there's that, man. Um, Tio uh, is also talking about vacating the belt if they make him fight in Australia. Um, good luck. I don't think anyone would really particularly care if he vacates the belt. He's making it seem as if George Cambosis is gonna be broke. If uh, he vacates the belt, well, look at it this way. If you vacate the belt, that George Cambosis is the highest ranked uh, contender. He's probably going to be getting a good purse split against Isak Cruz, more than the 35% he was getting against you. 
and he's gonna yep. be able to have the fight in Australia where they can make more money. So I think yep. he'll be just fine. It's, the only person who's gonna suffer is Tiafimo because he's gonna have almost a whole year of not being in the ring, and he's gonna become the victim of the top rank special against Lomachenko in that rematch. And that and that really might not be a good look overall because uh-huh. for first off for starters you were part of a fight that ended up being on purse bid that was won for about six million dollars so you would have been due at least 4.2 or 4.3 million around that range you know um to fight george cambosis and so you're gonna go ahead and attempt to walk away from that guarantee just to end up fighting Vasil Lomachenko again and Last I checked, Vasil Lomachenko earned, what, 500K in his fight against uh, – that he had in his last fight? Yeah, against Nakatani. Against <laughs> Masayoshi Nakatani. So even if you have the rematch that's, that could be on ESPN pay-per-view, you're not getting $4 million. I'm going to just put it out there right now. You're not getting $4 million. I'm not yep. saying it. You know? Well, on the flip side, George Cambosis, yeah, he probably would have got about 1.4, 1.5 if he fought. Yeah, he, yeah, he, he can still get that. He can still get that. Yep. He can still get it. He could definitely still get it. But so, here's the thing. You're never going to get that payback, that, that payday back to you, Fimo. Nope. You're, you're guaranteed to get a little bit over $3 million. You're not getting that back. You got your new contract with Top Rank with your higher guarantee. So you could have got this nice little payday, three, three and a half million dollars, and you got your new guarantee with top rank, where you're making a minimum of like, I think like like two, three million. So you could have got two big ass paydays back to back. Instead, you're gonna have one payday for the whole year. For the whole year. Yep. That's right. You know, because this it, this thing here for August, like, you know, more and more people are like, nah. That that fight in August is not gonna happen. August fourteenth, nope. Mm-mm. You know, you're just not seeing it. So, good luck for Teofimo Lopez on that part. Uh, hopefully, he gets that thing all arranged and done on that sense. Um, you know, one thing that was uh, kind of like put on this uh, live chat here for the podcast, um, for the I guess the boxing and entertainment part. Um, someone mentioned the name that you didn't want to mention. Um, you know, even after his, you know, significant injury and he's going to be out for at least six months, even if they like were able to get him back into shape in that he wouldn't necessarily have to be on another UFC card. He could probably still do something in boxing and still, you know, kind of like make something like even if he fought one of the Paul brothers, like it could be Paul versus McGregor, and then they still could probably get people to watch. You know, so hey, sometimes that's the game of boxing for you. You know, the business of boxing, uh, in particular, to where you could have two five two people that aren't necessarily professional boxers or haven't you know been in that game you know, still be able to make a considerable amount of money uh, depending on who they're putting the ring with. So there you go. 
know what I mean? Oh, this given, his, his misfortune, given his misfortune, I think that's actually a good idea. It, it sucks to see what happened to him, though. That's That seems like, like it's going to be a, a tough injury in terms of his movement, in terms of, you know, just like how, you know, his it's probably his best bet. To maximize, you know, money and, and punishment. Yeah, it would be because <laughs> he would definitely be a sitting duck if he was back in the octagon. Because who knows if he would be able to move very well with his legs coming off of that injury. So, man, who gives a fuck? <laughs> Put him in the ring with Jake Paul. Send him to hell once and for all. <laughs> Have him get knocked out by Jake Paul. Yep. <laughs> Uh, that would be something. That would definitely be something if that ended up happening. <laughs> Jake Paul with a knockout over Conor McGregor. Oh man. Uh, but that's uh, you know that. Hey, that's about it for from my side uh, here uh, so far, man. Uh, for this particular uh, podcast, like I was saying, man, you got uh, the undisputed 154 pound title fight coming up next Saturday. Brian Carlos Castaño against Jermel Charlo. I'm not going to say what the nickname. Magamel Charlo. <laughs> oh, God. Oh, man. <laughs> what you say, a.k.a. Mr. Race don't matter? Oh, no. Uh, who you boy, got winning that fight? Charlo. I got Charlo winning. Um, seven five. It's gonna be a good little scrap, but it's gonna be Charlo seven five. Um, I think Castano, the, the the effort from Castano is gonna make it a tough fight, but I don't think he's gonna be technical enough to score enough enough rounds to get the win. What about you, Mike Grady? Remind me who Castanio fought again because I keep forgetting. Fought Lara. He fought Teixeira. He fought Michael Soro, I think. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Uh, I, I'm going to say Charlo just off of not knowing Castanio. <laughs> <laughs> why, why? I, I, I feel judged. I feel judged. I feel I judged. Like ask this guy, man. Man, I don't know this guy. <laughs> Remind me what happened in the Laura fight, because I did watch the fight. I just don't remember. Like, well, you who remember Gordon think, fights. Some people think that Castano won. <laughs> I thought Laura won. The draw was okay. Uh, I mean, yeah, that was that was a uh, you know definitely a close fight. You know, it's almost like Laura heard, but you know without that knockdown. So that was definitely a, a split. You know, as it was a split draw, but still, you know, it was very tough to like gauge who won that fight. But you yeah. know, like we're saying, I think that you know Charlo has more issues with guys that could mix uh, boxing skill with a little bit of pop 
than someone that's like, you know, all on one side or all on the other side as far as like boxing skin and power. So I, I just feel like, you know, Brian Castaño wouldn't have enough power to get Charlo's respect, but the amount of effort that he's going to get as far as like his activity will be something that Charlo will have to deal with within the next, well, within those first four or five rounds or so. But then he'll make the adjustments as necessary, you know, like uh, like he did against uh, Tony Harrison in the rematch. Uh, like, you know, Matt, Matt, you were talking about that, you know, when we were talking about that rematch that, you know, Jamel Charlo kind of like adjusted um, mid-fight. But, you know, who knows? Like you said, you, you're not good. You could pick Charlo to win, but you <laughs> – you ain't supporting the guy anymore. Yeah, I, 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 <laughs> what, what other fights are on that card? Because honestly, I stopped looking at that card after Jamel was on his bullshit. <laughs> uh, I'm a car of a dog versus Emmanuel Laleem at middleweight. Okay. Uh, now this is showtime here. Bakram Murtazaliev versus Kiari Gray at super welterweight. This is a trash card. That's the card? That's the card. This is trash. Oh, wow. Damn. Maybe I will skip out on this one. <laughs> well, I mean, I guess, um, well, I might have to, we might have to uh, give a, give a um, note to uh, one of our guys that you know, is around the around the business and see how these uh, cards kind of like work out to fill up these slots for the fight card. So, because um, either that or we might have to hit up the promoter and see how how things are going. Because, yeah, this you know, fans aren't going to necessarily be uh, receptive to the, to cards like this. You know, um, what what was it that? Uh, you know, we had like on Fox, what, a couple weeks later there with that uh, Michael Polite Coffee versus Gerald Washington, right? Yeah. So you got that as a heavyweight main event. Uh, they're at the Prudential Center in Newark. You got uh, the rematch of James Martin versus Vito Melnicki uh, there. You got Joey Spencer against Dan Carpency and then <laughs> Lucas Santa Maria goes up against Devin Alexander. Yeah, this is very thin. But um, from what I've been reading from uh, my man Deuce and from Jake Donovan, there's about to be a huge shakeup to the PBC schedule uh, in August because they're going to figure out exactly what's going on Wilder versus Fury. And a lot of these uh, fights might move to different dates. Yeah, because if you had that thing, uh, well, if you had that rescheduled, then um, you know what could end up being the main event uh, that could in that could be. Uh, let me see. What did they say? Um, I would say. Uh, da, 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 da. Later in well, it could be August. Maybe, maybe on that uh, Labor Day weekend, they might have something. Yeah, you know that September fourth. 
maybe you could have um, that rematch back in the Barclays, buddy. Come on, we could have that rematch back in the Barclays. You know what I'm talking about. Well, maybe, maybe they'll move that to the 31st. Mm, July 31st? Mm. Listen, Konaki is a big seller on the East Coast. Hey, you, you know what? If they, yo, I don't know what the, I don't, hey, we don't have a quite, we don't quite have a dot count report right now for the Prudential Center. But if they add that rematch to that card, sell out. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> Easy sellout. Easy sellout. So, yeah, we could have Hellenius versus Kalnaki 2 as part of that card. Instant sellout. So, hey, maybe uh, maybe that could do uh, here. So, I don't know. Maybe I could uh, see if I could hit up, you know, uh, Jake or, or Deuce and maybe we could uh, get some hints that, you know, at least that particular fight. Uh, could be on there. But, you know, on the flip side, though, uh, because of what's happening with the uh, postponement, that cross-promotional fight, you know, is kind of like off by the wayside. Yeah. That was going to be a good one, too. So what ends up happening with Frank Sanchez, you know? Um, That's going to be something. You know what I mean? So I don't know. It's 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 a lot to it's a lot to sort out, um, but also the thing from that press conference that happened earlier today. I, I think something might end up be being announced either on Tuesday or Wednesday, because uh, Showtime Sean was like, "Yeah, I ain't gonna give it everything out right now. Maybe on the podcast." So I think he's holding on to something. He may be holding on to something here, you know. But I don't know. Since since you since there's like going to be a little bit of a shakeup with the PBC schedule, then we're going to see a couple more announcements, I guess, within the next couple of weeks or so, uh, yep. as far as like how the schedule is going to you know work out or turn out. So, Fury um, ruined the PBC summer. <laughs> oh man. Summer PBC gets crashed by Tyson Fury. Yep. It all goes and and then it all comes down. That's something, man. But yeah, that that yo, as far as I'm concerned, that that's pretty much uh, everything I got here for this particular episode of the Boxing Source Radio Show. Um, like I said, it's available on iTunes, Google Podcasts, Spotify. Whatever you use uh, here for your uh, favorite podcast apps. Thank everyone for participating in the live podcast and through the live chat. And you can follow us on social media. We're on Facebook. We're on Twitter. We're on Instagram. And, yeah, you could uh, get some videos on YouTube as well. But on that note, like I say at the end of every show, folks, the point of boxing is to hit and not to hit, not to stand and trade. On that note, I'm out. Have a good evening, everybody. Bomb squad, baby.